0: Well, hey guys, today we have Don't Look Back here. And you guys hear me talk about them a lot. But for those of you who don't quite know what Don't Look Back is, I want to show you guys a two-minute video. And it's actually of Chris. And keep in mind, this video was shot two years ago. So in this video, Chris has no hair or just a little bit. And now he has this big fro going on in the back. So don't let that distract you. Just take a look at the screen.
1: Don't Look Back was created with the desire to go in and do evangelism plus discipleship to get these guys beyond... Uh, just an emotional experience into a life of change, and so don't look back. Philippians three thirteen uh, says that Paul made the statement. He goes, "There's one thing I don't do. I don't go back there. I don't look at the past. I don't look at the things I've been through. I look at the future." And so with "don't look back," our desire is is that we get gentlemen to a place where they no longer are walking in shame due to their past, but they begin to walk free. Due to what's happened in them when I got out of prison for the third time it wasn't me doing anything it was people coming up beside me and when I, when I gave my life to Jesus people came up beside me and they picked me up and they carried me I couldn't have done it on my own I looked th- at then I thought I was doing it on my own but it was actually it was people coming up and helping me go this way do this don't do that and I was able to hear that and as I heard that, and as people build me up, and as they lifted me up, and as they showed me the right way, I mean, I had people showing me how to put a fork on a plate, on a, on a table. I had no idea how to do that. And that goes back to the mentality of shame. If a person's walking in shame, they're always going to make a bad decision. And so I learned how to make right decisions as I got the shame off of me, as I got the thoughts of I'm no good, as I got all those things off of me, I began making right decisions. And the whole thing about don't look back is to help men make good, right decisions. And so I thank you. I thank you all for coming. I thank you all for being a part of this. And I ask that in all that you do, that your prayers continue to be for those that are trying it. They're gonna try to make it. Don't look back.
2: Thank you. Hi. (laughs) No, I'm Jules. Right, right, right. And um, we have special treats for you today. And I'm super excited. This is my favorite. This is my favorite because we get to hear testimonies today. I want to thank. Cade and Beth for having us again, and I want to honor Mark and Gina for establishing this house with Christ as the head. Amen. Listen, we brag about you guys all the time. I say, you got to understand No Limits has been such a blessing to Don't Look Back, and today you're going to see some fruit of the seeds that you have sown. In case you don't know what we do, we... uh, as you saw, Chris, on the video, we go into the prison, just done prison with the men, and we go into Rogers County Jail for the men and women, and we teach Christianity 101. Who's been through that? Right? Right? And it's not uh like we tell the ladies in jail. This isn't jail curriculum. This is for the body of Christ, we've been teaching it at our church for years and years and years. It's not us and them. We're all the body of Christ, if we believe. Amen? And so we go in, we teach 101 in the jail, and then in the prison, we teach 101. You have a mini encounter retreat. An encounter retreat is like this face-melting time with God, okay? And then you can go on to 201, which is deeper into the meat of the Word. And then you can go on to 301, which is the leadership kind of tract and teaching even deeper. So they do all three in the prison because there's more time. In jail, there's more turnover, so we can't do all three, but we just do one-on-one. Six weeks after six weeks after six weeks after six weeks for three years now. And um, I never get tired of it. It's weird. But you know why? It's the gospel. And the gospel brings life, doesn't it? And I learn from it all the time. I've done it more than 25 times, (laughs) 30, I don't even know. And I still get life from it every time. Gina goes in with me now and... um, she's their favorite so <laughs> it's kind of true <laughs> and uh so if there's anybody that is in Rogers County jail but is lives in the Owasso area even though Destiny Life has a campus in in the Owasso area I say go to no limits we know it's not about trying to get church members you know I'm like you love Gina go to no limits what you know and so uh, we just love you guys so much um Probably some of you in here have been in jail or prison before. If you haven't, you know somebody who has or is currently. Because Oklahoma has the highest incarceration rate in the world, you guys. In the world. And has had the highest women's incarceration rate in the United States for about 20 years. So we want to kind of change that. Am I right? And Let's pray for our systems and pray for the judicial system and for the laws to change. Some of these things need to be rearranged. And there's corruption around that needs to be exposed. And the Bible says, let it be exposed, shine the light. So I pray for that. And I pray for those in administration that are doing the work and doing it right. And we pray to strengthen them too. And um, uh, I just want to say that this is a mission field too. I mean, we go in... And there's people, they're they're at their most desperate time in their life often. And that's really a good time to share the gospel with people, you know. And um, it can be, there was a time I was getting discouraged because, you know, you go and they get out and they're going to contact you and they don't contact you and you never see them again. You know what happened? I just felt like, is anybody hearing this at all? Is this even, you know, are they, you know, this is just, what am I doing? And the Lord said, you are scattering the seeds. It's not up to you whether they grow or not. I mean, yes, we help people grow and water the seeds, but you are just scattering those seeds. I'm like, oh, that's your responsibility, Jules. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to make it all happen. And like, come on, you guys, you got to do, you know, and that, that's not how it works. And that just set me so free. And that's, all, that's for all of us, not just me. You share the gospel. You share the love of God with people. He gives the increase, and now the word says... So I just want to encourage some of the uh, some of you guys here today too that maybe have somebody you know that's incarcerated or just out there. I have some relatives that are out there. And I, by that I mean the darkness. I mean stuck in it. And I just want to tell you, there is hope. There is hope. Our step my stepdaughter, Chris, as I say she's my daughter. She was in meth addiction on that down that downward spiral spiral. I mean, darkness, left her kids She's with them now. But she came to the Lord, and I, and I couldn't even picture her ever serving the Lord. But we'd pray for her every day, and I didn't feel it. I did not feel it, but I, I knew I had to in faith say, Lord, bring Kristen to you. Guess what? He did. Huh? There's hope. There is hope. As long as someone's heart is beating and there's breath in their lungs, there is hope for them and don't give up. And keep praying for them. Even if you don't feel it in your emotions, even if you're mad at them, you can get unmad. Lord help you get unmad. That's what I say to my kids when they're mad at me. I'm like, "Oh, you'll be unmad in a minute." So, um, I met um, Lacey in. Oh, I want to talk about. I knew I've been knowing Cade since before he was born, patting his belly. Okay. And uh, we went to church. <laughs> he was this cutest little toddler, you guys, with these big brown eyes, and I called him the Precious Moments doll. Remember Precious Moments? My mom collects them. Do you know what I'm talking about? He had these big brown eyes, and he looked up at you. I'm like, oh my gosh, little Precious Moments. I still see that a little bit, Kate. Okay? Sorry. And uh, Gina and I have known each other since. She was in fourth grade and I was in fifth grade, but we're only three months apart. I know I look much older than her, but I'm only three months older than her. And um, we've grown up together. Her, her parents were our pastors for a hundred years, you know, long, 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 long time. Lots and lots of history. If you ever want to learn how to pray out loud for people, just hang around with Gina. That's how I learned. Her and her mom. I'm not kidding. I just hung around with them all the time. And they're praying for people all the time. And I would just kind of, then I just kind of added on to their prayers some. And then finally, the Lord said, you got to quit riding their coattails and pray for people on your own. I was like, me? (laughs) I was like, okay. And I did, you know, really, that's how you learn. So anyway, that's just a little bonus. Uh, (laughs) Lacey's here today. We met Lacey in jail and that's part of the court system. You know, you have, a, you have a court date, and you go, and they say, oh, we don't have time for everybody today. We pass you, and so you have to wait a month sometimes. Then you have another court day because you can't make your bail, and so then they say, oh, we don't have time for you today, and they pass you again, and you wait another month, and she was in there a long time. And she went through 101 probably two or three times, and probably three. Every week, every Friday, she showed up, you guys. And she was the quiet, little nervous one, and um but she came she kept coming she kept coming and then she started praying for people and then the girls in the pod were like can you pray for me Lacey?" and she'd pray for them and she went through that dark depressing time everybody's in jail for any length of time they go through that sad difficult depression she went through that came to 101 every week through all that finally she's uh she did get out and she went to his house ministries which we're gonna shout out today his house ministries Woo. transitional living for women in transition out of prison or jail she went there uh she's almost graduated out of there to get her own place soon What? and penny what? i mean it's a great program it's a great great program they help so many women in the rogers County area um And so she went to live there and goes to celebrate recovery. And, you know, it's not just don't look back. It's these ministries that work together. I can say to women, hey, you might hook up with Rhonda Bear's ministry so that you can have housing because you're not going to make it out there on your own, and you're not going to make it if you go back to your old friends. You will not. Period. So make those wise decisions. Go get surrounded. Get your community. There's healing in community, all that stuff. So we all work together in the same way with the men. Um, and you're going to hear from Lacey today. So uh, come on up, place. She's awesome. And then also, go ahead. Huh? Pray her in. Yes, I will. Um, we... Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, we're her Stand in the Gap family. She just graduated. that That's another ministry that just comes beside women coming out of prison and just kind of their family and their support group. They're not, you know, they're not, this is what you should do. They just love on these women and help them and pray for them, uh, meet twice a month. It's all, all these ministries work together. It's beautiful. It really is. This is Lacey, and I want to pray for her. God, we just thank you that you are speaking through Lacey today. God, that... Uh, the people will see the light that's in her, and that light will be an inspiration and encouragement to them, God. We thank you for the hope that she represents, that her life represents, God. We just thank you for it. We thank you that you're calming her nerves and giving her peace, God. Whatever words that you want her to speak, we anoint her words, God, with you or your Holy Spirit. That her The words will be spoken that she's supposed to speak, and Kenny also, in Jesus' name, amen.
3: Here's my seat, guys. I'm so glad to be here today, you guys. Um, the Lord is just an amazing God, and um, I'm standing here today because of him. i am um, uh, been sober. I'll be sober and celebrating two years in uh, June uh, of, of, of recovery. So I'm, I'm very grateful and thankful that uh, he's also restoring me back to my family, too. And it's just a really, truly amazing thing for everyone. And I just like... So happy to be able to mentor other women, too. And this program that I'm in um, just really gave me structure and it gave me uh, a true meaning of life. And I just, like, it's so thankful to Jesus Christ. So thank you for sh- letting me share. I'm Lacey Robinson. I'm a radical, a faithful believer in Jesus Christ. I was born to Corvin and Debbie Robinson, and I have a brother named Logan who is two years younger than me. I can say that I, have a, I had a happy childhood. I remember in 1993, my mom had a stroke, and she got out of the hospital just in time for to make a fun Easter celebration for me and my brother. It was very memorable. She was always there for me and my brother. My dad provided and worked a lot and loved us both. In school, I was a good student, and I stayed to myself and didn't party or cause problems. In my junior uh, year of high school, I started my first job for my dad's company. I worked there for seven years and attended college at TCC during that time also. Though I didn't graduate college, I decided to keep working for my dad instead of pursuing a degree. When I was 17 years old, my granddad passed away. We were very close, so it took a definite toll on me. I started medicating myself with pills and food to numb the pain. I also entered into a toxic long-term relationship where I lost my sense of self-worth. I also lost my cousin to heart complications and was unable to talk to him before, before, beforehand. This left me with no closer for the death of my cousin. So I took another turn for the worse and started to look for a substance from guys, which led me to uh, being raped at 23 years old. It was a brutal, brutal rape, physical and mental. It caused me to exclude myself from everybody. I continued to work for my dad, but eventually I became more bored and restless with that. At 25 years old, I met a guy that would soon become the father of my children. The first two years of the relationship were good. The only recreational drugs I did at first were pills, but that led me to using crack cocaine. My life started spinning out of control to the point that my parents had me put on house arrest two times in an attempt to save me. They also sent me to rehab at Narcanon for four months. I stayed sober for a couple of months, but then I started talking to my children's father again. I started using bath salts and crack cocaine. In 2013, I got pregnant with my beautiful daughter, Embry. I got sober during the pregnancy, and after having her, I went back to the father of my children. Around the same time, my mom got very sick. I started using again. My parents got an emergency guardianship of Embry. I wasn't. It was. I wasn't a permanent figure in her life. I also. I was in and out of her life, still using and being with the father of my children. I just kept choosing him in the drug life. I was caught up in a toxic, abusive relationship. In 2015, I was arrested and ended up in jail for 75 days. While I was in county, my mom passed away, and I had to attend her funeral in shackles. Then because of God, my uh, case got dismissed. My dad showed up and took me to Safe where I s- sobered up for about three months. But then I started talking to my children's father again. In uh, 2016, I went back into county on a new charge, where while there, I found out I was pregnant with my precious baby boy, Elijah. I got sober while I was there and was able to stay sober for a while, but then I got back with my children's father. I had Elijah on August 1st, 2016. Elijah was taking me by a DHS from uh, me and the father of my children, and then, then uh, me and him. Uh, then Elijah uh, was four days old at the time. Um, I sobered up. My case got transferred to Rogers County. My relationship with my children's father started slowly dissipating um, and um, was very grateful to Jesus and God for that, and I could feel that our relationship was becoming more and more distant which I now realize that it was God working on my heart, even in the middle of it all, as I was trying to get my life back together for myself and for my children. Then a warrant was put out for my arrest. I was living uh, with my uncle and his mom. Then I veered off again and went back to my children's father. I tried to visit my dad and brother, but this time they were very worried and depressed. They knew about the warrant and trying to save me and had me arrested. But I realized once again that God was working in my life, I was in county for eight months, which I feel like was God's way of sitting me down to listen to him. Shortly after my arrival, I started feeling his presence. I was going to chapel in Christianity 101, where I met Jules. And I believe that if I had never been arrested, I would have never been able to hear God's call. In a way, my dad and brother's efforts to help me worked after all, in all a way that nobody expected. Only God could have done that. When I became thirsty for the word and as I became a prayer warrior, that's when God really started to change my life for the better. During a visit to chapel, I heard about a faith-based program uh, for women who have lost their children, and they help moms get their uh, uh, lives back together and their kids back. It's called His House Ministries, uh, ran by Rhonda Bear. So I filled out the allocation with fingers crossed and lots of prayers. I was accepted because of God above. The lady who ran chapel near Rhonda Bear personally. The day I was released from Rogers County, uh, she picked me up and brought me to his house ministry where I have flourished and thrived with God. He's given me uh, through this ministry every tool I needed for a successful and abundant life that he promises to all who live according to his word. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. I've seen God move so many mountains in my life that I know for a fact that all things are possible in Jesus Christ's name. I also am um, uh, currently being able to talk to my dad, and um, he is talking to me on a regular basis now. Um, I'm in the process of getting ready to see my daughter pretty soon, and um, I I'm, I'm know that I'm getting ready to be fully restored to my son, too, because um, God's moving in that uh, matter as well. And there's, uh, there's just, a uh, life in Jesus Christ. And, um, I'm, I'm, uh, willing to pray and help any person that comes to, uh, my presence. And I'm just like so grateful for all that he's done in my life. I'm thankful for Jules and Chris and, um, for just the lifelong friendship that I'll have with them. Um, also my house manager, uh, Penny, uh, like we have lifelong friendships, uh, gonna happen there too. And, I'm just grateful and thankful for you all listening and letting me share. Thank
4: you.
1: Hey, if you would, where you're standing, can you just put a hand this way, please? Man, all I know is a lot of times you go to the kitchen, you look at some fruit, you look at a, a banana, it's got a bruise on it. You're like, I ain't eating that thing. What God does is take the bruises off our fruit. And that's what he did.
5: Yeah, you know, I, I was sitting down there listening to you. I said, "Wow, man, this girl's awesome." Because <laughs> you know, we've we've gone through this. We've got a son who's who's you know been struggling with this and still is, and so we understand that. But uh, Lord wanted me to tell you that He's putting a bulbus on you. Um, he's going to put it to where you don't have to look at notes anymore. Uh, you're you're, get, <laughs> you're getting to, you're going to get to the point to where you're going to be able just to look up out at the people and you're going to know who needs love and who's gonna and who's going to listen to you. So not everybody's going to listen to you. They're going to be sitting out there and they're going to be playing with their phones. They're going to be acting like you know they they don't want any part of that. But those may be the ones that you need to speak to the most. So God is going to God is going to give you a boldness. I just want Gina to come up here and, and just lay her. Just lay hands on you right now. God is gonna he's just gonna instill in you a boldness that you've never seen before, and it's just because you're ready for it. He's gonna give you a safe place to stay. He's gonna put you out on your own because you're gonna be you're gonna be ready. You're just you're just God's been preparing you. So he's gonna put people around you that you can be out on your own, but still yet you've got the people that are safe that keep you safe around you. He's got a place in store for you. Got a place in store for her that, that is just prepared for her. I believe I even know where it is. And so, Father, I just thank you right now that things are happening in Lacey's life and that I've known her for the time that I have and I've watched her on Facebook and she is a, she is a, she is your daughter. She's a child of God. So therefore, Father, I speak over her right now, words that come from you and saying, Be bold. Be bold, daughter, because your time has come that you're going to have to step out. You're going to have to do some things on your own. You're going to have those around you still that need to be around you, but I am just releasing you to preach the gospel. And it's a simple gospel. Don't think that it has to be something difficult. Just get up and say what you got to say. You may slip and say a word you don't think you ought to say, but do it anyway. (laughs) because God has put you there. God has put you there for a reason. And it just amazed me that you'd say, if I had been in prison, I might not have met Jules. You know, what man, that's a, humbling exp- that's a humbling thing to say. Humbling thing to say. So we're with you here, and, and there's just some things that are getting ready to happen to you. You might as well get prepared. There's going to be some things. There are going to be some people that come against you, but they don't have anything on you. They don't have anything on you, so just get prepared.
1: Amen. Amen. That, that does well. Thank you. And I, I would want to spread that to that whole group right there. Man, what you just heard, claim it. Claim it. Because, man, it's amazing what we get to do when we do it for him. It's amazing. Uh, this next gentleman, we'll move on along here, but this next gentleman that's coming up, Mr. Kenny. I remember the day he walked in the 101 class at the prison. He wasn't too excited. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, here's another program. Who's this bozo? And so he came in. He sat down. And I'm going to let him share. But, man, I'll tell you one thing. I Just one quick story. He went through 101. He did our small mini encounter. He did 201 with us. He did 301. While he was in 301, man, he was projected to get out. His His release date had showed up, right? So he told me that Tuesday, he said, man, I won't be back here next week. Next Tuesday, I come walking into prison. Who comes walking in the room? He comes to class, man. They just thrown another calendar on him. And he came into class. He could have been out there tearing the place up. And he walked into class, man. And I'll let him finish that story.
4: (laughs) Well, like he said... my name is Kenny, and I'm thankful that y'all invited me here. I really appreciate that. Uh, and it's true, I, I was in prison, and um, I was projected to get out. And I called home, told my wife, "Hey, I'm coming home this date," you know. And uh, about 21 days from, I'm about to come home. I call and tell, her "I'm coming home." And um, the thing was, I, while I was in prison, I, I was going, man. I, I decided to seek God. I decided to seek God, you know, faithfully, truly, not for in a selfish way, but in a way to where, you know, I needed something. I was at a breaking point in my life. Uh, my wife and my kids were hurting. This was my fourth time in prison, right? And, and they had this pain, and I felt their pain, and I couldn't take it from them, man, and it broke me. And I, and I cried out to God. And so I said, God, man, I'm going to do whatever it is you have me do. Just take care of my family. You know, let them get through. And, and he did, and we're here today together. but. Like I said, so we're, 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 I was fixing to go home, and I was excited about it. She was excited about it. And, and I'm walking through the dorm that I lived in, and um, one of the people over me, the case manager, stopped me and said, hey, uh, come to my office. I've got bad news. And I was like, oh, no. I don't want to hear that, you know. And he said, uh, well, they've, because your, your sentencing papers were written up wrong, they've added 576 days to you and I, and in his office I hit my knees you know what I mean it, it, it broke me yeah. <clears throat> So I called my wife you know she wasn't happy <laughs> you know she was not happy. So God worked in our lives in that point because I I, I continued to seek God I seek God until then you know and I didn't let that you know take my eyes off of God and man I had to walk around the yard and, and there were times I could just walk around the yard and all I could do was say Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, that's all I could do, you know. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> man. God is good. So, anyways, um, <clears throat> that's right. <laughs> okay, thank you. So, uh, <clears throat> so man, I, I went to God, man, and you know. And I said, God, I'm going to, I'm going to, I trust in you. I trust in you. And everybody's like, man, they're dead to right. They got you. They got you. And I was like, man, I, I trust in God, you know, and, and I'm going to continue to serve God. And people are like, oh man, this dude is stupid, you know, <laughs> and uh, I continue to serve God. Long story short, man, I did 10 more days than I had to, which probably was a good thing for me because as I was getting close to getting out before that, man, thoughts of going to the casino popped up back in my head, and I can do this one time, and I can do that one time, and and, and those 10 days, man, I said, God, I will not do that, you know, (laughs) I did, I will not do that, you know, and I won't, and I haven't, and I've been out a a year, or 13 months tomorrow, I haven't picked up a tobacco, cigarettes, beer, alcohol, I drove by the casino many a times, matter of fact, they just opened up one across the street from my house, basically, and I will not go, I will not go, I will not go. And so I'm just going to give you a short little testimony that I had. When I was in prison, man, I wanted to go home, right? And I signed up for everything to go home. Um, They had career tech. I took the career tech, and I was in the career tech, and they said, hey, we got this college courses coming out, and you can take these college courses, and for every two classes per semester, you get 30 days off. And I was like, sign me up, sign me up full time. And so I signed up for three. I couldn't find a fourth class. I needed four classes to get 60 days. I couldn't find a fourth class to get to 60 days. Finally, somebody came and said, hey, they got a class coming up, speech. And I said, all right, sign me up. And so and I got in it. And so the first day of class, I, I go into class and I'm sitting there and the instructor comes in. And he says, all right, I'm going to give you two minutes to get to know your neighbor, and then you're going to get up and give a one minute speech on your neighbor. And I said, oh, no, you know, and I, and I was like, and I, and, I, and I said this, and I said, in and, and my mind, I said, and we had to have a C to get to days, and I said, God, at least let me get a C in this class. And then I heard something, and it was like, it just said, I'm not an at least God. And I, and I, and I just, and I was like, all right, cool. I was like, cool, I'm going to get a C, you know. <laughs> so, but what happened was, I got the highest grade in that class. I stood up there and gave them speeches, covered in sweat right? And and I didn't like doing that. It's a miracle that I'm able to get up here right now and do this, right? It's a miracle that I'm alive. It's a miracle that I can speak or read or anything. From the ages of 13 to 15, I used to take paint and spray it in a bag and huff it every day. And it's a miracle that I can do the things I can do, and only through God I can do that. And, and I just want to thank Chris, man. If if you wouldn't have came in that prison, man, I'm, who knows where I would have been at. If God didn't use you to help me, and I Another thing, when I was in there, right, we're not even doing this now. Uh, <laughs> when I was in prison, right, my wife wasn't happy. When I first went to prison, she wasn't happy. And, you know, uh, and as I went through there and I decided, man, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to seek you. And I'd call her and i am like, hey, and she's, this is happening. This is happening. And I was like, well, pray about it. she's like, oh, yeah, where's God at now? And I was like, God, send somebody to her. Send somebody to her. That reaches her. Like, you send somebody to reach me because Chris, you know, the... God just used him. We kind of understood each other. And, man, it wasn't long during 101. Chris is going to our church that she's attending and giving 101. And, you know, it's just awesome how God works and answers our prayers. And thank you guys for letting me speak. I got to stay here.
1: Look, guys, Lacey, come here. Come back up here, man. Check this out, man. Every one of you that go to church every week and you wonder, what the heck am I doing? This is what you're doing. And it's not just these guys. It's all of them, man. If you sow into the church at all, you're sowing into lives. And lives are coming out and they're being- Can you not notice change? Can you not see change? These lives have been changed because of you. And that's all I want to do is lift you up today and let you know that everything that you've done towards Don't Look Back and towards the other ministries has changed. You're changed today because somebody did something. Is that right? Somebody prayed. Your prayers, you may think, man, my prayers aren't all that much. But man, your prayers have done this. Your prayers. So I just ask you to put your hand up towards these real quick. I'm just going to pray over them, and I'm going to share a little bit. Father, we just love you so much, God. I'm so thankful for hearts, Lord, changed. I'm thankful, Father, for redeemed lives. I'm thankful that you, God, are faithful. You are. You did this. No man can do what you can do. But Lord, we thank you that our prayers have been answered. You are redeeming the lost. You are bringing forth the hurt. And so I just pray a blessing over these right here, Lord, and over this house. And I thank you for everything that they've done Bless them, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, brother. Okay, how much time we got? We got another minute? We got one minute? One minute? I just want to share something with you real quick, if that's okay. Uh, I know you've seen the DLB house there. I had a little stick stuck up up behind me. Do you all see that? You see them little two-by-fours? Well, that house is complete. And, uh, has, well, let me explain complete. Complete says (laughs) that there's insurance required. I'm not asking for nothing. I'm just telling you where I'm at. I'm not asking for anything. There's insurance required. I'm working out on that tomorrow. Uh, where the house is positioned and located is a thousand feet from a school. So there's only certain people I can allow in the house. Does that make sense? I can't take sexual offenders and I can't take violence, right? But we're going to have, I put out my first application three weeks ago into just done and the gentleman has yet to give it back to me. I know it's going to work because it's working in these ladies and I'm not looking to do something new. I'm copying what they're doing and they're doing it. They're, they are, they are prospering. So everything that you've given and every prayer that you've prayed is coming to pass here shortly. There's going to be a no limits day at the DLB house. And we will serve you some little finger foods, but really we just want you to come over and walk through what you've done. Is that okay? And so you come over, walk through, see it, and and understand that we're doing this together. Is that right? Just like Cade said earlier, he can't do this by himself. I can't do this by himself. Kenny can't do it by himself. Lacey can't do it by herself. And you can't do it by yourself. You can't if you try to separate yourself from the body, there you are. It's body life. Is that right? So I just want to thank you all today. The house is doing good. The ministry's doing well. We're getting to go into the prison three times and I'll give you one story from last week. One story and I'm done. I'm sitting in there. I got about 10 or 12 guys in the 101 class. I got me a new guy that came out of the program that Mr. Kenny was doing in the drug rehab in Muskogee, teaching 101, Disciples Making Disciples. He's teaching 101 in the drug rehab that he came through. A young man went through that drug rehab, got cleared to go into the prison, and came in with me last week for the first time into the prison, and the guys wore him smooth out. (laughs) They tested him. They did. They wanted to know, where are you at, brother? Because He's tatted up hair all up in the air, he's, no dude, but he went in there, and he answered every question with scripture, every question, but at the back of the room, we had this guy, and he was giggling and laughing, ain't nothing like teaching a class when the demons start going off, but anyway, he's the back. he's laughing, turning his head, I thought he was fixing a swivel, and I said, listen up, man, in the name of, I just stopped it right there. I got up, brother was trying to teach, and I got up, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I come against darkness right now, in Jesus' name. Satan, you're a liar, you're under my feet. And dude shut up for a second, but Ryan got back into it, and dude goes off again, giggling, laughing. Had a big old Bible, that thing was about that big, laying there in the front of him. And uh... He's reading through there, and he's like, well, what does this mean? He just interrupts. What does this mean? What does this mean? And I said, listen up, man. Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? And that's the way I said it. Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Oh, blah, 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 blah spinning his head, laughing. Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Three times. Finally, he's like, no. And I said, well, that book will never make sense. Ever. Only with Christ in you will the Bible make sense. And when someone comes running up beside you trying to make fun of who you are, they don't know. And you have to demonstrate. You have to be real. We don't point, we don't say you're bad, we don't do any of that. We demonstrate the love of Christ. But when someone rises up and they want to get all stupid, we're going to shut them down. Why? Because the one in me. It ain't me, it's the one in me, right? And when someone tries to rise up on you, speak at them. And if you just say Jesus loves you, that'll do a lot. Is that right? I just want to say thank you from Don't Look Back, and we did our done.
0: You guys are so awesome. Now, you guys probably know this because I say it all the time, but I want you to know what what this church does as far as your giving. So we send $500 a month to Don't Look Back Ministries. And we've done that for over a year. I don't know exactly how long it's been. And at some point, I want us to get to the point where we send more than $500 a month. So when you hear these good reports of like what we're doing, sending money out to the Philippines, to Mexico, to Don't Look Back, I don't want you to be like, okay, well, that means I don't need to give because we're already doing a pretty good job. I want that to motivate you to, to keep sowing seeds because we got more to do, and you can see what your giving's doing, like like Chris said, through our giving here at no limits, we are a part of everything that's taking place with don't look back ministries. sometimes we like to look, like write the money thing off as like you know that's just a, a physical thing, it doesn't really matter, it does matter because that's what is enabling Chris to go, because Chris is the one that's called to go into prisons i don't know if you know if I went into prisons, I probably wouldn't have the effect that Chris does because I probably wouldn't be that one yelling, Do you know Jesus' I don't know. Maybe I'd get to that point. (laughs) Come on, let's just lay it down on the line. But guys, we're just, we're really thankful to be a part of Don't Look Back. I mean, there's not one day that goes by that we're, we forget about you guys. We're always thinking about you. We're always talking about you here at No Limits. And and we can't wait to, to increase what we do for you guys.